0: Life Audio.
1: Ryan Reese Show from Southern California. This is The Ryan Reese Show. Post your questions using at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Are you ready?
2: It's going down tonight. We are live in studio. I got my boy Brett Kunkel in studio right now from Maven. Uh, he's been on the show, I don't know, at least... Three times? Four times? I think it's been three times. Yeah, at least. And I love when you come on. It's always amazing. You've done some seriously epic topics. Uh, we talked about social media, um, the effects of it. I actually saw you at a conference at Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, while, uh, years ago. And I remember you were up there. You had your uh, – uh, you, you're wearing now, uh, the checkered uh, vans. And you went – there they are. Yep, represent classics. And you were up there – talking just a very simple language of complex stuff and I was like I got to get this dude on the show and turns out you do conferences all over the United States and your testimony is very different than mine.
1: Yeah, I grew up <laughs> I grew up a church kid like you. Yeah. Um but I was like that church kid who got involved in my youth group became a student leader uh, I had a youth pastor who mentored me right into ministry. So my junior year in high school, I actually made this public, kind of decision to go into to ministry, and um, and so I was kind of like that that kid that y- every youth pastor wants in their youth group, like mm-hmm. totally committed. Yeah. you know, I put youth group and God before sports or you know mm-hmm. even school and you know and so I was um, I was quote unquote a, a good kid yeah and um, and, and there's you know it 's not that that uh, you know maybe sometimes people think like that crazy, exciting testimony where God rescues you out of this you know amazing uh you know difficult circumstances yeah. or whatever or trouble and um, but you know what I, I think back on that, and I see my testimony is th- there 's just as much grace there yeah. you know for God sustaining me and, and guiding me but But, you know, when I was a freshman in college, I was taking a philosophy class here at a uh, college in Southern California. Grew up in the church for the first 18 years of my life, right? Going into ministry, take this philosophy class, and my professor, Dr. David Lane, he proceeded to dismantle my faith that next semester. And, you know, it's philosophy, so we're talking about all the big issues of life. We're talking about God's existence, whether there is a God. We're talking about ethical and moral issues. We're talking about, you know, all these different religious views, the meaning of life. And the way he would conduct his class is he would give us, you know, reading assignments, but he would come in typically the first 10 or 15 minutes of the class. He would lecture on something. Uh, you know, kind of open it up, and then he would have us get into discussion in the class. And we'd talk about things, debate things, dialogue about stuff. And and so I would start to give my input in class, and it mm-hmm. became apparent that I was a Christian. right? And so <laughs> Professor Lane began to, you know, he picked up on that. So he would begin to challenge me in class in front of all my my classmates. And so many times I did not know how to answer his questions. And he just started putting these, like— doubts in my mind. And I remember what I would do is, you know, because uh, I couldn't answer his questions, and I didn't want to make myself look like a fool in right. front of all these, you know, these classmates. And I didn't, I didn't want to make Christ look foolish. Yeah. So I would chase him down to his office and try to debate him in the privacy of his office. <laughs> and the last time I was in his office, he said, Brett, you got a Bible on you? Of course. I was a good Christian kid, right? <laughs> so yeah, I got my Bible. <laughs> I pull out my Bible. He says, okay, you now pull out a piece of paper and a pen. And he had me draw two lines on that paper, mm-hmm. and at the top of the first uh, column, he said, write Matthew, top of the second column, write Mark, top of the third column, write Luke. And then he he took me for the, like the next hour through the resurrection accounts in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, had me write down details, and then showed me the differences between Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Right counts. And, yeah and he and, and of course his claim were, were that these were these were contradictions right and he said you know the the, the New Testament's completely unreliable why you know I, I really think you ought to look carefully into this. I sat there completely stunned and speechless. I, I'd never seen this before. I'd never heard this in church before mm-hmm. and I remember just having no answer for him, folded up that piece of paper, put it in my Bible. So thanks, Doctor Lane. Walked out, and on my way to my car, I was like trembling, and yeah. I was, but I was thinking, "Oh my gosh, if if my professor is right, he's the PhD, right? He's right, the smart right. guy. Yeah, yeah. If he's right, and the Bible's filled with all these errors, and you know Christianity's unreliable, like you know, I, I can't keep believing. This exactly. Stuff. Yep. So it just set me in this major episode of doubt where I started searching for answers. So I started to think, look, if this stuff is really true, yeah then there ought to be answers mm-hmm. and if it's false i don't want to believe it so let, let's let have at it and so i just started going around asking my church leaders my youth pastor elders at my church hey here are the questions my professors give me you know what do you say how do you answer these things and i just started searching for answers and uh, i found that a lot of people probably the majority of people i, I talked to were not equipped with no. answers they could they, they would say things like well well, Brett, you just got to have faith. Yeah, I was just going to say, just, yeah. just believe
2: by faith, dude. Don't yeah, worry. Just,
1: just, <laughs> I, ju- I just believe. And I'm thinking, I, number one, that's <laughs> completely unsatisfying yeah. to a college student who's getting slammed by the Ph.D. Number two, I'm not going to go into my class and say, well, I just have faith. I just have faith, yeah. It sounds like, oh, you just, okay, throw your mind out and just yeah. believe this fairy tale.
2: Yep, exactly. You know?
1: and, but thankfully, there were some people who introduced me. To something called apologetics. Yep, so apologetics is just a defense of the faith. Something I didn't even know existed mm-hmm. before this, and I discovered that we have all these answers mm-hmm. uh, to the the most difficult questions out there. And uh, and apologetics was really something God used to actually rebuild my faith. I doubted, but that doubt was a tool. I discovered solid answers and reasons, mm-hmm. which of course we're commanded to do in First Peter three fifteen, right? We're when anyone asks us to give a reason for the hope that it is in us, we're we're always to be prepared to do that, to make a defense. The Greek word there is apologia. And that's where we get the word apologetics. Apologetics is making a defense or giving a reason
2: for the hope that we have in Jesus. I remember that now that's amazing. I remember when I first got saved, I would go to, you know, different uh, services or or just being around people that are Christians that would talking about faith and you know what they believe in but i just remember me personally i wanted to know and this is actually my, my my new book kill the noise uh i was literally just like hold on i hear what they're saying but i need to know that i know like where is this yeah. at where can i find out proof and it and i dove like this doubt or just not knowing i wanted to know more and a lot of people just go oh yeah, yeah i just believe by faith and just that wasn't good enough for me and that Biblically, it's not good enough for just Christians.
1: Yeah, it's we mis- need to know what we believe. Yeah, it's a misunderstanding of what faith is. Faith is trust in what you have good reason to believe is mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. Faith is, is trust, and sometimes because the word faith comes with this baggage, like it, it's blind or blind it, faith, it, yeah. it's somehow the you know contradictory to reason or evidence or logic or anything like that. We it, it actually short circuits our faith uh, when we have this. Imp- this uh, this incorrect view of what faith is faith and reason faith and evidence faith and proof these things go hand in hand according to the scripture i mean jesus would give evidence the apostle paul would give evidence in fact act 17 says that he would go into the synagogue as was his custom and he would give evidence and it says that people were persuaded and so God, uh, the Holy Spirit can actually use evidence as a tool to bring people to, to faith in Christ. And so uh, our faith is built firmly on truth, and that truth is backed up by good reasons. So, uh,
2: so how did that class end as you continue to, to grow? Did you keep going back to the class and— Talking yeah, about it, yeah.
1: Or, I mean, I finished up the class, but I, I at that point I was just kind of defeated, you know. But yeah. And, so you
2: got out and actually did your homework and and learn. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's what you do now with uh, Maven,
1: right? Yeah, Maven. I mean, one of our 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 missions is to help the next generation know the truth, know what they believe, mm-hmm. know why they believe it, yep. and also know why why it matters. You know that This stuff that we believe, if it's actually the truth about all of reality, then it will influence and affect every single area of your life. It's not just your Sunday morning thing. It's not just your devotional thing. It's not just your church activities. But if Christianity is the truth about all reality, it will permeate every
2: single area of your life. This is so important. And I mean, even since, because I haven't seen you since the coronavirus thing started, but even now with the state of just how, the world has changed politically, and with the churches uh, shut down because of the coronavirus and the lack of education of of Christianity, of people just like dismissing them, they have any reason now not to go to church because of the coronavirus and everything. The the pulse of even like with music videos that are coming out, like Little Nas, you saw that whole thing. Just all this craziness that's just uh, invading people's minds. I was just listening on the way up here. Uh, uh, gospel of of Mark when it talks about you know uh, Jesus is talking about that 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 the eyes light to the body you know basically if what you see if you think you have light but it's really truly darkness how deep is that that darkness inside of you and I feel like people are just getting brainwashed and manipulated by just screen time yeah okay. I'm not saying politics I'm saying like screen time whatever's going whatever's coming out of there these 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 vid- videos and this music and Everything—it's just this lies and and doubt, yeah. right? And doubt, and it's literally like right now is the mo- the most important time because I know I think it's like Revelations talks about in the last days, even the like we can be deceived, right? Like it's like, I, and I'm seeing like it with, it with the church itself, dude. I can't tell you how many people are getting divorced that I know yeah. in the church. Why the lies? I can't tell you how many people are walking away from God or have left the faith that are just just like gone. During this time. Yeah, yeah. And it's because they don't have the truth.
1: Yeah, and and sadly, uh, the church in the U.S. has actually been very anti-intellectual. Because of their mistaken view of faith, it cuts it off from the mind. But if you think about the great commandment that Jesus gives us in Matthew 22, he says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and mind. Yeah. It, God, the love for Jesus requires every part of me. Yeah. And we have just been overly emotional. We've been overly focused on the experiential. Of course, I'm not saying it's, the experience is important. Absolutely. But we have done all of that to the detriment of our minds. Mm-hmm. And so we don't bring our minds in. So we don't think clearly about these things. So then if you don't think clearly about the truth, if you don't know the truth, and know why you believe these things, then, yeah, you can be easily manipulated by a a world full of screens, a, a social media world. Because the way that culture influences us so powerfully is just simply by presenting to us what's the norm. Yes. So you scroll through picture after picture after picture. And what the, that, those pictures are doing is they're presenting to you what here's the norm. And we simply absorb that. This is how things should be. And we, we absorb that just like sponges, and it will influence us if we are not grounded in the truth. It's
2: funny that you say that because I'm thinking about these – these. there's like some pivotal videos that, that came out. Uh, there was like the, uh, the Miley Cyrus, the wrecking ball, right, where she was like naked on a ball or whatever, yeah. like swinging. And I remember when that came out, we were like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. But then all of a sudden like a Nicki Minaj album cover came out, and you're like, yeah. oh, my gosh, that is really insane. And then – all of a sudden, then little Nas video comes. And you're like, what that? And you're just like, that's crazy. Like, this, that's even worse. Than it makes a wrecking ball look like she's a saint, yeah. you, know? Yeah. you know? And I say that lightly. But what I'm saying is, like, the progression of what we're seeing, it makes it the norm. It's the standard. And yeah. it's almost like, I know Lady Gaga, she's in there somewhere. She did something, you know. At the awards. You can't keep up with it. I, I can't. It, but it's but you watch over the progression over the last, like, just say 13 years or 13, whatever, you're just now, it's like, you know, I tell people, I'm like, who's going to do the next whatever? Like, I'm just like, what can possibly be next after this little Nas video, right? And um, it's just because what we're seeing, the eyes of light to the body, and what you were saying with um, the culture, they just keep feeding this stuff and it gets more intense and more intense, but then it's the norm.
1: Yeah, uh, w- w- we live in a culture now where we listen with our eyes and mm-hmm. we think with our feelings, meaning our, our, you know, we're influenced by all the stuff that we see. It shapes us and we just now react and, and act out of just desires. Mm-hmm. And this is why the church needs to recapture good thinking so mm-hmm. we can be grounded in the truth. So the truth can be that anchor for us. As a culture, does the cultural waves just keep pounding and pounding away?
2: Well, speaking of pounding and pounding, you know, Jesus says, you know, if you you build your house on the sand, you're going to be washed away, right? But if you build your house on the rock, which is him, then you're going to withstand the storms, right? And the only way we could combat this thinking is that if we have the truth. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth is the word of God, and this is why we have to have that Word of God, uh, as as this false false reality or false truths or lies and doubts and all this stuff comes in from as you're saying, watching with our eyes. If we're reading the Bible, then we got to be able to bounce that stuff off of uh, scripture to see what is true. Yeah, what yeah, is true?
1: Because scripture, you know, I think a lot of times we again we, we we think about the Bible and we think, oh, that's faith, and you know, something like science gives us. Knowledge. Right. Right. But the Bible, properly understood, is actually knowledge. Uh, In fact, if you look at the New Testament, the New Testament talks about knowledge more than faith. In John 17, 3, Jesus says, uh, Eternal life is knowing the one true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you've sent. And so, knowledge is this key component. And what Scripture does, if this is indeed God's word to humanity, and God is the creator of all reality, then what the Bible does is it gives us knowledge of reality. It's not fairy tale. No, it, actu- it accurately describes this world around us. And so it's the truth about reality. So, yeah, you're absolutely right, Ryan. Then everything should be compared against that standard. That's mm-hmm. the standard of knowledge
2: for us. I'm going to go ahead and open up the – we're going to keep chopping it up because I love having you in here. It's always awesome. and we got to get you in here more. Yeah. we got to do that. we got to do it. Um, I'm going to throw out the number, though, in case some uh, – any of you guys have questions. I have Brett Kunkel in studio from Maven. Is it Maven Ministries? Maven? It's just Maven. Just Maven. Yeah, Maven. And, and how do they find Maven?
1: Uh, go to maventruth.com or uh, find us on social media.
2: There it is. Uh, okay, so 888 564 564 6173 And if there's any slow typers out there like me, I'm going to give it out one more time. 888-564-6173. 6, 6, we are in studio taking live calls. And I, I think we got, we got picked up by a couple more stations here recently. So um, I'm going to have to find out what station that is, maybe at the break, and then I'll plug it. But, yeah, we got picked up on a couple more. I know Arizona's one spot. And then somewhere in the Midwest, we got picked up in another. Um, as you guys are calling in, I just want to throw out, we have the Whosoever's Tour. We're doing the Whosoever's Mega Tour. Check it out, wherever the camera is here. Um, I don't even know how many dates that is. It looks like it's definitely over, it could be over like 60 dates. But this is the first leg of the Whosoever's Tour. Call us, book us at the com. We want to come to you and tour. We are doing a United States tour to bring the gospel to skate parks, churches, schools, juvenile detention centers, anywhere there's youth. We are coming because why? Because it's important because the times that we're living in, people are getting lied to. They're losing their faith. And we want to come and let them know that God loves and he has a plan for them. And when people get saved, we want to plug them into church so they can get discipled because that's what Jesus says. Preach the gospel. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey my commandments. That is, and where do you find the commandments in the scriptures? So, is there? As uh, actually, my my screen's not even working here. I'm gonna have to get one of these guys from the back to pull up my phone lines here. Do you guys? Do you have your phone line up there? Do you yeah. see any phone lines available? Okay, we'll send someone in here to fix it. Um, speaking of uh, speaking of the truth. Uh, What else would you like to say for maybe someone that's watching right now or listening um, through the airwaves is? um
1: Well, I would say some, you know, a lot of times these questions that we have, Mm -hmm. they end up being uh, obstacles to either to the gospel itself or they're obstacles in our relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And so if you are struggling with questions, if you have doubts the best thing to do is to be honest with those things and get them out on the table and talk about them and uh, you know in churches and and Christians and parents we, we got to be better at dealing with those kind of questions and doubts realizing that that's that's just part of being human in fact uh sometimes when you doubt you kind of feel like you're alone or you're the only one and and like you're somehow your faith is deficient but all you have to do is flip through the pages of the bible and you see guys like Abraham and Moses and David and Peter and John the Baptist. I mean, all these great, you know, uh, followers of God. And they all, every single one of them, had some serious episodes of doubt. And so if you struggle with questions and doubt, you're not alone. Mm-hmm. The The pages of the Bible are filled with uh, with doubters. And so... Be honest with those things, bring those things up because they can be a real obstacle in your relationship with Christ,
2: yeah, no, I think everybody everyone has doubt here and there. I think it's a it's a normal thing, and all it does is it should take you into a place of of going deeper and digging in and learning and wanting to know more and you know the Holy Spirit he's the teacher as well, and as you read the Bible, as you know he will he he's the author. God is the author and he will speak to you personally as you dig in your reading like, God, I, I'm struggling with these things. I'm having doubt. He, he, Jesus isn't surprised, right? No. I just tell people, you know, if they're like, well, I'm mad at God. I got problems. People well, go tell them. Exactly. Say, dude, I'm actually mad at you. Why? Because I lost my mom. How could this happen? I'm bitter. I'm angry. Go tell God about this. Or God, I'm having doubt that you even exist. Like, can you prove that you're real? And It's not like you're looking for a magic trick or anything like that, but it's like dig into the scriptures. It's his voice and, and ask him and he will show up.
1: Yeah. And, you know, there, there's two primary ways in the world that, that God reveals himself. One is his word. And the second one is his world. You know, Paul talks about this in Romans That's chapter awesome one. He says, uh, you know, what may be known about God is evident to them. Because of what has been created, mm-hmm. and so this is what you know. Theologians have called it general revelation, meaning generally this is this is this is available. This revelation, this knowledge of God, is available generally to all people just by looking at the world that we live in, and that you can actually know that God exists just by looking at the world and na- the created na- order.
2: Name a couple. Yeah, just break down a couple of these things that you
1: yeah so the so one of the you know one of the things that I did when I got questioned and when I started experiencing doubt is I said, okay i'm going to kind of go back to step number one is there even a God like right. are there good reasons to think that God exists beyond because the Bible t- tells me so right and uh so I started looking to see what's what's the evidence for God mm-hmm. and I discovered uh in there, there are actually a, at least a dozen Uh, solid arguments for God's existence. One of them is is called the cosmological argument. Yeah, it's just a big fancy word, uh, but you'll notice cosmos in there. It just refers to the world. And this is where you look at features of the world, Mm -hmm. and then you reason to the conclusion that God exists. And so the cosmological argument starts with the fact that uh, science, philosophy, point to a beginning of the universe. And if there is a beginning of the universe, the, the question then is, what's the best explanation for that beginning? And I, I actually, uh, kind of an easy way to think about it is to think about just a series of dilemmas, okay? We, the universe exists, right? Um, you, you've got this this dilemma. There's two choices here. Either it had no beginning or it had a beginning. Right. Okay. Well, what science and philosophy tell us is that there's a beginning, yep. okay? Now the second question then becomes: All right, if the universe had a beginning, was that you? Was that beginning caused or was it uncaused? And that's where you just again use good reasoning and uh, and scientific observation and realize that things don't pop into existence out of nothing for no reason. Right. Right. Uh, we we don't have we don't have evidence that that things are coming into existence out of nothing. Uh, the law of cause and effect. If you didn't have this basic law of cause and effect that every effect, every event has a sufficient cause to it to explain its existence, well, then all of science actually breaks down if you can't rely upon that <laughs> law of cause and effect. Right. So basic uh, thinking tells us, okay, if the, be- if the universe had a beginning, then it must have been caused. So then we got one more dilemma. Okay, so there's a cause to the beginning of the universe. The cause is either impersonal or it's personal. And if you think about cause, what, what kinds of things cause other things? Well, impersonal causes can cause things. So let's just say you're, you walk into a room, there's a pool table there, and you see an event happening. The Let's say the eight ball right is rolling across the table. Yep. So that's an event. Well, that event could have been caused by another event, right? It could have been the cue ball striking the eight ball, and that event caused the event of the eight ball rolling. Right. So that's what, that's just what philosophers call event causation. That just means that some events cause other events. Right. Now, uh, the problem with that being the cause for the beginning of the universe is that we know that all events have causes. Right. So if you say, well, the beginning of the universe was caused by another event, an impersonal cause, well, then you've got a problem. That new event that you said was the cause becomes the new beginning of the universe and you have to ask well what caused that event what caused that event? <laughs> and you say well it's another event well then what caused that event yeah. and you're left with what philosophers call an infinite regress i mean this thing goes back and you have no answer yeah and that's it that's it, that would be impossible for a number of reasons and so that the only other option is that agents persons cause other things. So the reason that eight ball was moving across the table could be an event, but it could also be, hey, some dude picked it up and rolled it across the table and it was just caused by a person. And that helps us to understand that persons can cause things and and it's simply out of their own willpower. So I can cause my arm to to rise up and there's nothing else that's causing that except my decision to do so. Mm -hmm. And so now if events aren't a good explanation for the beginning of the universe. The only other possible cause is a person. Well, what kind of person would it have to be? Well, at the beginning of the universe, all time comes into existence, so whatever cause it has to be timeless. All space comes into existence, so whatever causes it has to be spaceless. Uh, You know,
2: yeah, that's good. I've been, so so you've got like this spaceless. timeless,
1: yeah. uh, spaceless, non like all physical matter comes into existence. Outside so it has that. To be yeah. Non-physical. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got a timeless, spaceless, non-physical person who has to have incredible power, power yeah. to bring a universe <laughs> into existence out of nothing. Well, what are you describing?
2: And he has to be massive. Yeah.
1: The, right. the only candidate for that person is God. Yeah. You know, and so what we do is we reason and we, we, the best explanation— is that there is a, a personal, powerful creator who brought everything into existence. Now, that doesn't quite get us to the God of the Bible yet, yeah. but that is a huge start. It tells us that atheism is false. Right. It tells us, hey, there, there is a God. That's just one of many arguments. I mean, you can look at uh, the design of the universe. Design points to a designer, you can look at uh, the fine-tuning of the universe, this, these scientific facts about these initial conditions for the universe to be a life-permitting universe. And fine-tuning implies or points to a fine-tuner. You got moral laws that govern this universe, like you know things that are obvious, like murder is wrong or racism is wrong. Well, if these things are truly wrong, they're these objective moral facts, then moral laws point to a moral lawgiver. You know, mm-hmm. and so these are just a handful of the powerful arguments that
2: God is really real. Amazing, amazing, Brent Kunkel in studio from Maven. Um, I'm seeing some numbers come in uh, and call, so I'm going to give the number out again: triple eight five six four six one seven three. Triple eight five six four six one seven three. So uh, I have seen a phone drop. So if your phone drops, please call in. Might have a little issues here, but uh, go ahead and give us a call at triple eight five six four six one seven three. We're gonna go to uh, break in a minute. I do. Uh, I've been talking about this uh, new book I've coming out, "Kill the Noise: Finding Meaning Above the Madness." If you're watching the video, this is it right here. It drops. It comes out May uh, May eleventh, which is this Tuesday. Which I'm gonna be back on Pastors' Perspective uh, talking about it. But um, it is a faith building tool. It is a, a discipleship tool. Uh, it is tons of Bible teaching in it with life application, because obviously, if you guys heard me teach before, that's what I love to do, because uh, I want to show how relevant the Bible is, where, you know, this happened here, this is how God did it. Now check it out. Here it is in the scriptures, and and uh, it's, um, it's going to take you on a journey, whether you don't know God, whether you want to know God, or you're dealing with addiction, or maybe you're you know, maybe you have a testimony uh, like like Brian and there's no no addiction, no suicide no, or nothing like that. But you just want to uh, find your call in life. It's this book has it all and it's going it, to it, it literally it will help you and any of your friends any of your family members. Check it out. Pick it up. Give it to a friend and just watch what God does. I believe that God is going to use this for many people to get saved because I go out and give the Great Commission everywhere, but I'm only in front of people for a few minutes. I share my story or whatever save that's like 15 minutes to an hour. Then I got to leave and I'm like, you know what? I need something. I can literally, you know, we give them the Gospels of John right now from the Gideons, but I mean, I'm like, I want to give them a tool that could, you know, it could be the Bible teaching and it can like disciple them at the same time to grow them. But we'll be back in two minutes right after break with Brett Kunkel. Peace.
1: of The Ryan Reese Show. Coming up, post your questions at Ryan Reese on his Instagram, Twitter,
2: and or Facebook. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Now, back, back to the Ryan Reese Show. All right, we are back, and we are getting some phone calls in, and we want to take your calls uh, with questions about uh, faith. Um, we got Brett Kunkel in here, and he's dropping the knowledge right now. And um just love what he's saying. I'm going to go ahead and put the number out one more time, 888-564-6173, 6173 We're going to go ahead and grab... Uh, this call right here, we got Melody calling in from uh, Palm Springs. Melody, how you doing tonight?
0: I'm good, but I'm not calling from Palm Springs. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> oh, all right. Where are you calling from?
0: No, uh, Yermo, California, which is uh, near Barstow.
2: Okay, wrong direction. It's wrong it's further than Palm Springs, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks yeah. for calling in.
0: You're welcome. I just wanted to add something that um, I heard the other night and it was really mind-blowing to me. I was listening to a secular show that I listened to at, uh, late at night, does not purport to be a Christian, anything, it's just different people. Coming on And the last time was an astrophysicist that just wrote a book about black holes and about, you know, just the sky. <laughs> so the interviewer in time was saying, well, I just want to know. I just want to know what was before the Big Bang. Just tell me what was before. And he said, Okay, I'll tell you what was before. God spoke. And nothing happened without God speaking. And he said, Let there be light. And there was light. And then he said, And John 1 1 says, And <laughs> the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God, and I would add, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. But he, I, I never heard anybody quite say that as a an apology for the, um, what was before the, anything before that we're talking, you know, we've been taught about the Big Bang or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I and I thought, and he he said it again. Nothing happens without first God speaking it. Yeah. I said, cool, okay, I'm, uh, that's good for me.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's exactly what the, the psalmist tells us in, in uh, Psalm 33.6. It says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, right? Mm-hmm. And that, so that fits with Genesis 1.1. Yeah. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Well, how did he create? He simply spoke. Mm-hmm. And God, as an omnipotent or all-powerful being, right. can simply speak the universe into existence. And that's the power of His word, right? And 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 it actually it helps you to understand even kind of human beings made in His image, and the power in in our words, right? We know we certainly can't create things mm-hmm. uh, out of existence, into bring things into existence out of nothing like God, but there's still power behind our words. And you, now you take a being like God, uh, and he can he can simply speak the universe into existence. And that's what, uh, you know, uh, that's what the the, the scriptures tell us.
2: I love that. Even in, like we were talking about in Genesis uh, 1-1, you know, in the beginning, gods, which, you know, that word gods is what the Elohim, right? The three and one and... and...
1: Well, yeah. So what's interesting is Melody brought up, uh, you know, John Mm 1-1, which tells us in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. Mm -hmm. And then it goes on to say he was uh, with God in the beginning, but verse 3... The Word, right, we know from verse 14, it's referring to Jesus, right? Yeah. The Word became flesh and dwelt right. among us. Then verse 3, talking about the Word says, Through Him, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. So what does that tell us? Well, that tells us the Word, Jesus, mm-hmm. took part in creation, and that nothing was made aside from Him. Well, how can that be? Well, it can, it can be if... If Jesus is the second member of the Trinity Mm -hmm. and so God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit all together are the one God who brings the universe into existence. And so this is one, this is one of the arguments we, we, we have biblically that Jesus is God because he spoke
2: everything into existence.
1: Yeah. He, he does the same things that God does. He creates all things, you know, and, and so Genesis 1-1, put together with John 1-3, tell us, yeah, this is uh, the Father and Son cooperating together as the one God bringing the universe into existence.
2: Yeah, I love it when people, or they'll say, well, why do I pray to Jesus? And I'm all, well, because nothing was created except through him. He is the God. He is the beginning. He's the creator. And nothing was, uh, the word became flesh.
1: Yeah, in fact, if you ever get in a conversation with, like, say... um, You know, maybe a a Mormon friend or a friend who's a Jehovah's Witness who, you know, they don't believe that Jesus is God. They don't believe in the Trinitarian view of God. Uh, Point them to to John 1, 3, uh, because they believe that Jesus is a created being. And and, and if Jesus is a created being, yeah. Yeah, if Jesus is a created being, well, that contradicts what it says in John 1, 3 that says nothing was made. Uh, without him, mm-hmm. and so Jesus, if if he didn't already exist, he couldn't have created all things. So exactly. he must have already pre-existed this, uh, you know, this universe.
2: What do they believe? What do the Jehovah's Witness and the, the Mormons believe about? Jesus, like what else do they believe, that he's not the son of God? Yeah, no. Well,
1: they'll use the phrase son of God. They will use it, yeah. But in, like let's take Mormonism, for example. Yeah. Mormonism, what they mean is that he's the literal son of God. So this is why when it's got it. So this is why it's so important to ask clarification questions. Just say when someone, you know, a Mormon says "what son of God ask, what do you mean by son of God? Right. And it turns out that according to the LDS church, the Latter-day Saints, Mm -hmm. what they mean is that he is the literal son of the heavenly father and the heavenly mother. Because they believe that even God the father was once a man who became God, and now he uh, rules over this universe. Right. And there is a heavenly mother, and they are procreating and having spirit children— And those spirit children are awaiting bodies here on earth. Unbelievable. And Jesus was the first spirit child. So uh, you and I actually turn out to be spirit children. And so Jesus is literally our older brother. And this is where then also in their view, Lucifer is also a spirit brother. And Jesus is the, the eldest brother. So that when they say son of God, they mean literal son of God, not the scripture's view that son right. of God is a reference to uh, his Interesting. His so that's
2: it. So then, what about when they when we, when the verse says in the beginning God, or First uh, John when it talks about nothing was created except through him, through Jesus. How do they react to that?
1: Yeah, well, the, oftentimes when you have a good kind of conversation with Mormons and you can kind of point them back to scripture, right, mm-hmm. as the standard. Because Mormons will say they believe that uh, the Bible is the Word of God. Of course, they'll qualify that. They'll say, as far as it's been translated correctly. But just set that aside for a moment. They believe the Bible is the Word of God, so you can point them back to Scripture then, showing that their church views, the official views of their church, don't fit with what Scripture says. And typically what will happen is that um, they will fall back on their experience they'll fall back to their testimony this is generally generally what happens when they can't answer when they when they see these contradictions they'll they'll either try to throw the bible under the bus a little bit and just say well you know we don't we believe as far as it's been translated correctly or they'll just say well you know what i i read the book of mormon or uh, and i prayed about it and god god told me it was true and so they fall back into a, a, an experience wow
2: Okay. Um, what about the uh, Jehovah's Witness? What is the difference?
1: Yeah. So they're, they they would view uh, Jesus as the actually the archangel Michael, and in How fact they will they will take. Um, so what they do is they they actually have have done their own translation of the Bible. It's called the New World Translation. Hmm. And in the New World Translation, they will take p- problematic passages, like John one one is you know a prime example. And in, in the New World translation, in tr- translation, it says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was a God. A God, so they just so manipulate, they, they add that wow. and uh, to try and get away. What from about
2: Revelations when it says, "If you know, anyone that adds anything will be cursed? Well, so, <laughs>
1: yeah, the, the, the challenge with that one, with mm-hmm. that passage. And in fact, I encourage Christians, if you're talking to yeah. like, you know, Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses and and, you know, Mormons, clearly they have three additional scriptures, the Book of Mormon, uh, the Doctrine and Covenants and the Pearl of Great Price. Uh, mm-hmm. don't actually use that Revelation passage because uh, a couple of reasons. Number mm-hmm. one, if you look at that Revelation 22 pa- uh, mm-hmm. verse, it says don't add. It says don't add to this book of prophecy. It's referring to what John wrote in right. Revelation because okay. really the Bible is a library. It's not just one single book, but it's a collection of 66 books. Mm-hmm. And so that is just referring to Revelation. Mm-hmm. You have a similar warning actually in Deuteronomy four two that says, don't add to these commands. And so the Mormon, the, the well-versed Mormon is going to say, well, if you want to try and use Revelation 22, mm-hmm. for, uh, you know, as a, this uh, outlawing, any kind of adding to scripture, well mm-hmm. then, well, what about Deuteronomy 4.2? And then we shouldn't have added the New Testament, right? Got so, it.
2: That's good. Yeah. yeah. So
1: that's, okay. um, so that's how they would respond to that if you try to bring that up.
2: Very interesting. Okay.
1: I think the best way is just to show how those other scriptures contradict the Bible. And uh, and if they contradict one another, they can't both be the word of God.
2: Yep, got it. All right, good stuff. Love having you here. Always learning new stuff. All right, we're gonna go ahead and grab uh, Ryan from San Diego. You are from San Diego, right? <laughs> <laughs> what's up, man? What uh, what's your question tonight? Um. All right. So I was just gonna ask you if it's important for you know um, a believer to share to an a, a unbeliever uh, about prophecy, you know, in the Bible. Oh, so to, for like a new believer. Yeah. Yeah, like if Or a non-believer. A idea, to a non-believer. Know, yeah, like to, you know, yeah, like to like a, a, a person that doesn't really believe, like, because my pastor said, like, it would be a good idea to, or I mean, he said that he would just, um, that's the reason why he believes in the Bible is because it's prophetic. Got
1: it. Yeah, right, go for it. Brian. You know, I think the way to approach um, uh, uh, you know our non-Christian friends is to take them as individuals, and uh, rather than saying, "Hey, let, take you know," here's a five-step approach that you take with everybody. Instead, I think the first thing to do is to get to know that individual, find out what they believe. So, I think one of the best ways to start these kind of conversations is just to ask questions. Say, hey, you know, uh, what what do you think about God? What do you think about, uh, you know, the meaning of life? What do you think about the Bible? Do you think that God has communicated to us? Ask lots of questions. Ask, you know, clarifying questions. Really, you know, find out what they mean uh, when they say certain things. And And then also ask them why they believe what they believe. So if you can just say, hey, what do you mean by that? And, like, why do you believe that? Those two questions alone can, get, can really help you to understand where someone's coming from. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, look, if I, once you do that, it, then it'll help tell you what you should start with or what kind of things that, that person might be really interested in hearing first. And so I wouldn't just kind of say, hey, whoever you're talking to, start with prophecy. I say find out what they're interested in, find out what they actually believe, because if someone doesn't believe uh, you know, the Bible is God's word. Mm-hmm. They may often just dismiss anything you say about God's word. You might have to kind of... Especially
2: when it comes to prophecy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so
1: you might need to go back a step first and say, hey, here are the reasons why we even think the Bible mm-hmm. is reliable and trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And I think prophecy can can be used to show uh, that the Bible is God's word. So if you've got someone who's wondering, Okay, like, I lo- I, you know, maybe they're interested in the Bible or they want to read it, but they don't have kind of confidence that it's God's Word. Then, hey, you can show using prophecy that uh, there are uh, good reasons to think that this is no ordinary book. And so, you know, you, you point to like just the Messianic prophecies. You take an example like Micah five two, which talks about the Messiah being born in Bethlehem, which is written... At le- around, You know, at least kind of even by most liberal scholars dating it around 700 BC, right? 700 years prior to the birth of Christ. And then we have then Christ fulfilling that. That's just one of many of the Messianic prophecies that tell us that, yeah, this book is no ordinary book. It's got like these divine fingerprints all over it and prophecy is one of those examples so i think first start by getting to know the individual finding out where they're at because if i'm talking to my atheist buddy david like he just he won't listen to anything i say about the bible if i say there's prophecies it's like he he just checks out yeah and uh, so i got to start with square one i got to start with god's existence is there even a, a god and uh, and so that's the way I think is kind of the the best and wisest approach to these kind of conversations. And I think it also is really dignifying for people because when you start with questions versus sometimes we as you know Christians are so anxious to just start kind of preaching at people.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But if you start with questions and then really do a good job of listening to people, that dignifies them. Mm-hmm. That that demonstrates that you really care that you're you're not just about you getting your message across but that you want to hear their heart, find out where they're at, and it'll help you know exactly where to start. So it's such a dignifying approach. I love
2: that you said that because we've talked on the show so many times because obviously our whole thing with the movement is the outreach. It's, it's, it's the great commission to, to get in front of people and to let them know that God exists and he loves them. But to do that, you know, a lot of Christians just want to close the deal. I'm going to go tell them they're wrong. They don't believe in God, which it's it, – it's true. We have the truth. We know what the truth is. But to these other people, they don't. They don't know if God's real. They don't know the books. It's a book. It's not a divine book. It's nothing to them. You know, just like yeah. all the other, you know, spiritual books out there. But you have to go to them and you have to start a relationship and and hear what people have to say and just see where their heads at. Yeah. Basically, that that will tell. They'll, they'll just you just ask questions. People want to talk. Yeah. And they'll just lay it all out and. Maybe they don't need to hear prophecy or maybe like I was talking to this person the other day that was into conspiracy theories and one world order and all this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Let me tell you what the Bible said. Let me get into some prophecy stuff because prophecy works great for these moments of like end times, one world order, you know, everything that's going on at the elites and all this, all this stuff. And you start going into like the antichrist movement when he comes what, you know, what, what these, these events that will happen, no one will buy or sell. And you start looking at the pulse of this. He's going to be, he's going to bring world peace. And now and more than ever, when you look at the world of like fear and people are scared and there's rioting, and there's black lives matter. And then there's, there's, you know, everyone's a rapist. And then there's like the racism and, you know, uh, war. And it's just like, it's just crazy. Like there's just so much. Fear and 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 unrest, we'll just say. Yeah. But we know that the answer Antichrist, when he comes, he's going to bring world peace, and it's never been like this ever before. You could see like the whole world is affected by this, and people just want peace, yeah, and
1: safety. You know, and and, that, and 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 you've got to ask people questions. You got to listen yeah. to find out where they're at. And so I hope, I hope Ryan, that helps you um, with that uh, with with that question.
2: Yeah, so that's definitely. Um, it's it's just basically just being that spirit led, and seeing uh, what what God's downloading to you as you're as he's as these people are talking to you, you're hearing what they're saying, and then God will will lead you in the right direction.
1: And, and often, if you listen well enough and you do it over time, mm-hmm. uh, with that what that does, it builds a, a, a platform of trust, mm-hmm. where then that person. You've earned their trust, and then they will also then turn the question back to you and and, and be like, well, well, what do you think about this? And when they have done that, when they ask you what you think or what you believe on this, then they're really ready to listen. And that's when absolutely we we, we share the truth and we we speak the truth. Um, But generally speaking, in relationship, really getting to know someone will tell you exactly where to start with them.
2: Heck, yeah, relationship. And that's what Jesus did. We always go back to Jesus. He was out there hanging out with people, hanging out with, you know, it says that there was many sinners uh, amongst his uh, crew. He was out in the streets going from town to town, village to village, just with the people, having conversations, breaking bread, and surfacing in the the synagogues or the churches and then back to the streets. But that's uh, where it's at. Yeah, and that doesn't mean that
1: there's never a time for people— for you to meet a stranger and to share the gospel. I'm just talking about a general approach. I mean, yeah. I, I travel a lot, so I'm on planes and mm-hmm. I'll jump into a conversation with, uh, you know, a person on a plane or in an airport or, you know, wherever I'm at. And you, you know, I don't have time to build a relationship with that person, mm-hmm. but we end up talking and they just want to know what you know. Yeah. And so there's time for that as well.
2: Dude, that's amazing. All right. We got, we have about nine minutes left. Um, really quick, uh, have, have you been traveling, doing stuff? Are you, are you back in business? Yeah, things
1: are open back up, man. I've been on the road. I think for like the last uh, three or four weekends in a row.
2: Where were you we, speaking at? With, we, the states.
1: Uh, we did a conference in Colorado uh, in March, in p- partner with a really cool ministry called Summit uh, Summit Ministries, mm-hmm. and then uh, did one up in the Sacramento area with them, and then did a, a conference in Fort Worth, Texas. And uh, I'll be going back to Fort Worth uh, later this month, and then man, the summer's uh, full full on busy.
2: Heck yeah! That's good, dude. That's awesome. So dope. Okay, here, let's give this number out one more time: triple eight five six four six one seven three. 6173 Every question is a good question. Do you yeah, have to say?
1: yeah. You know, if 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 people uh, have some general questions, I I, I want to give some recommendations because you know we get to do a show for you know forty five minutes or two, an hour or yeah. so, and. And, uh, but there's a ton of good resources out there now, uh, more so than when I first struggled with my own episodes of doubt, you yeah. know, 20 years ago. Uh, there's so many resources, so many really s- smart Christians who have written great books, who have started organizations, who have great websites. And, and, and if you're, if you ever come across a question you can't answer, I guarantee you that there are Christians out there who have. Uh, who have answered it. In fact, typically, when I struggle with a question, and I want to find out, hey, what's the answer, I'll type that question in to, uh, you know, a search engine, and then I'll then I'll add the word apologetics. And there's a great apologetic answer for that particular question. But, um, you know, I'd say if someone wants a good foundation, a good maybe a book, yeah, that's like a, a good starting point. Um, there's a, a bunch of them, but there's a great book by a friend of mine, Frank Turek, mm-hmm. who wrote a book called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Well, the thing I like about that book is it's not like too technical, but it doesn't dumb it down. Yeah, And then it covers the, the cumulative case for Christianity because I mean, if you think about it, there's questions about God. There's questions about truth. Mm -hmm. There's questions about the Bible. There's questions about Jesus. There's questions about pain and suffering. And uh, Frank's book just kind of covers all of that to make the case that not only does God exist, not only has he revealed himself in Christ, not only has he revealed himself in the Word, but that all put that all together and it shows you that Christianity is absolutely true. So that's a great book out there. Um, Another book that I love uh, that kind of hits on... Some of those, those, those key questions, but then also talks about the meaning of life, uh, is a book by uh, a Christian thinker, uh, J.P. Moreland, who wrote a book called um, uh, The God Question. And that's a really good book that gets into, okay, not only is this stuff true, but how does it impact my life? And, uh, and so that's a good one. If you're looking for a good website, I used to work with a great organization, a uh, good friend of mine, Greg Kokel. Uh, started an organization called Stand to Reason, uh-huh. and their website is str.org. And whenever I had questions, when I was like a youth pastor and my kids would ask me tough questions or I had my own questions, I'd always go to str.org. And they, they just cover so many of the challenges that we're facing from the culture. So there's a and ton you, of I I websites. to write that
2: down. Say that again. St- str.
1: str.org. Right. The, the, the organization is called Stand to Reason, Str. And so that's a great website. And there's just a, there's a ton more out there. Mm-hmm. There's just no excuse for Christians today to, 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 not, to not find the answers that are out there. And uh, there, you know, these answers can be such a powerful tool in building your faith in God. I mean, if you think, of, think about how our knowledge and our evidence impacts relationships. Like, so for instance, if Ryan, if you said, hey, Brett, we have
2: have one minute left,
1: if you said, tell me about your wife. And I said, oh, yeah, she's got brown hair and two eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're like, no, tell me more. And I said, that's all I got. You would say, oh, I bet you don't have very good marriage. (laughs) But if I was able to just spew knowledge about her and, and, and all the knowledge I've gained, all the evidence I've gained about that woman for the last, you know, 20 some years, man, that has given me such a huge, deep. Uh, trust in her and in the same way our knowledge and our reasons can build our trust in God
2: there it is Brent Kunkel look him up thank you for being on the show I have one I have one minute left and I completely forgot I'm actually speaking at my dad's church on Sunday May 16th it's coming up the 8 a.m. the 10 a.m. and the 12 p.m. Calvary Chapel Golden Springs Raw Reese's Church this Sunday I'll be doing all three Sunday services teaching I'll be doing a – I'll have the books there because it's for the book release. They'll be there. I'll be out there uh, um, with you guys hanging out, and uh, it's going to be epic. The book comes out uh, this Tuesday, KillTheNoiseBook.com. It's sold everywhere, Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, everywhere where books are sold. It's there, KillTheNoiseBook.com. Get it. Buy one for a friend. Come out to uh, Calvary Chapel, Golden Springs on Sunday for the morning services. I'll be there hanging out. Love to Meet you. Pray with you. Chill with you after. And not only that, hit us up at com and book our tour. We are doing the Whosoever's Mega Tour. We're going to be, we already got like 60 dates booked, and we're going to continue to book another couple hundred. We're going to hit it hard. Right now is the most important time in world history ever since the coronavirus and what's going on with the youth. They need, people need to know that God loves them, and he wants to touch their life. He wants to encounter them, and he wants a relationship, and that's what it's all about. It's a relationship with the God of the universe.
1: Yeah, knowing the one true God.
2: That's it. It's that simple. Um, where can people find you?
1: Maventruth.com. I've uh, got a book, uh, a couple oh, got, books out. Uh, yeah, talk uh, about uh, it. For adults, A uh, Practical Guide to Culture, Helping the Next Generation Navigate Today's World. And we got a, a book for students. It's called A Student's Guide to Culture. And that's where we deal with all the challenges young people are facing, like gender identity, homosexuality, and on and on. And uh, yeah. So
2: go to the website. And grab his books. How many do you have? Three? Two. Two. There it is. Hey, thanks for being on, man.
1: Thanks for having me, man. This has been The Ryan Reese Show. To connect and find out more about Ryan, click on ryan-reese.com.
0: Check us out next Saturday. Do you want to better understand the Bible and give biblical answers to those who ask you about your faith?